I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym, and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc., all one word. That's K I N D P H A R M S I N C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today, my guest on An Actor Despairs is the exceptional, the magnetic Tom Pelfrey. You just saw Tom Pelfrey on Ozark Season 3. However, you know him from other things, like Banshee, Guiding Light, As the World Turns, and the upcoming David Fincher movie. I am so excited to get to talk to him. What he just did in Ozark Season 3 is one of the best performances I've ever seen by an actor in my life. I'm so grateful that he took the time during this crisis to come on. Here it is. Tom Pelfrey, welcome to An Actor's Spares. How you doing, brother? Good, Ryan. Thanks for having me, man. Dude, thanks so much for being here, man. Like, I, I really mean this. I had uh, Shea Wiggum and Morgan Spector on the podcast, and, you know, it's really tough to be on a show that's already existing and coming on and make a presence, especially with, you know, one with such iconic actors. But what you just did on Ozark Season 3 is, like, one of the greatest television performances I've ever seen in my life by an actor, and... I mean, I was giving a standing ovation at the end, man. I mean, I was I I'm just so speechless of how amazing it was. And I followed your career for a long time. Oddly enough, I, I discovered you because my doctor always has uh, soaps on. And I've been going to him for like 10 years. And I was like, this pretty motherfucker can act like look at him. <laughs> and then I, I, I love Alexa Fogel, man. So I, I watch any project she does. And then when he did Banshee. I love that show. You know, I really liked what Cinemax was doing as long as it lasted. Yeah. And you were, you were amazing on that, man. So I've been I've been rooting for you since day one, man. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you for being here, man. It means a lot. But before we dig in, uh, start at the beginning. You grew up in New Jersey? Yeah, I did. I grew up in a town called Howell, New Jersey. Um, yeah. And uh, so I went to Howell High School, which is a public high school. And I ended up auditioning for a school play. Uh, I was sort of like dragged into it. Um, it was Pirates of Penzance. It was a no music- way. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the audition is you have to sing and dance, and I'm like, I can't 
do either. And I <laughs> couldn't, and I still can't. But uh, it was okay enough to get a little chorus role, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was important because the guy directing the show is a guy named Steve Kazakoff. And Kazakoff was the acting teacher in the performing arts program in the school that would start sophomore year. So it was like, it was like a regular school that had this special performing arts wing that was 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. So there I was in ninth grade and I met this man. I'm like, who is this guy? He's incredible. And I auditioned for the program and got into it. And he really became my mentor and a teacher who really changed my life. I mean, I had, I didn't know what I wanted to do until I met him. And then I knew what I wanted to do with the rest of my life and never doubted it. So Penzance was your first kind of artistic calling? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Was cinema, you know, a part of your childhood at all? Like, were you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I love watching movies. My dad, I mean, some of my favorite memories of my dad are us watching uh, some old TV shows when I was a kid, you know. The Incredible Hulk with oh, Luke, the best Bill Bixby, yeah, yeah. Uh, Beauty and the Beast with it was Ron Perlman, right? Oh yeah, Ron Perlman, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, like just so many of those things. Watching old movies, westerns, John Wayne, you know, like uh, yeah. So I grew up sort of enamored of of that of TV shows and movies and and I guess certain kinds of things like the things that I've always sort of gravitated to the most are probably things that I would have watched back then with, with my dad. That's amazing. And then were your parents artists at all or? No. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So how did they take it when you're like, you know, mom, dad, I, I want to go to this school. <laughs> no, I have to, I have to say they were, they were and always were extremely supportive, which was um, really beautiful. I know that that's not always the case, but they were both very supportive and, and always were, you know, I remember having a conversation with, with my dad, maybe when I was like 23 or 24, I'd been on the soap, won an Emmy, like things seemed that they were going okay enough, yeah. had some money, you know, and we were having a conversation one night and, and that, that question occurred to me and I, I put it to him. I was like, how did you, you know, my dad's this big six foot four, he played basketball in college. Wow. He was like, oh, he's an athlete real dude you know and um i was like how did you agree and never once question me going to college <laughs> to get an acting degree yeah <laughs> you you and went to said, Rutgers, right i did i went to yeah. Rutgers. they have a they have a conservatory program there called mason yeah. gross School of the arts it's it's pretty um, incredible gandolfini came out of there didn't he well i think actually gandolfini went to Rutgers, but not the acting uh, conservatory Got it. Funnily enough, <laughs> funnily enough, you know, because he's like an incredible actor, um, obviously. Um, no, I don't think he actually went to that program, although he went to Rutgers. And then when he was in the city, if I if I know it correctly, he studied with some of the teachers who teach at Rutgers in their studios. Got it. But I don't believe that Gandolfini was in that program. I don't I don't think so. So when you were in high school, was there a moment of like, am I really, you know, because I went to NYU Tisch for acting, like, was there a moment of like, am I really going to, am I really going to study this? Or did you know in high school that this was your calling? 
No, I knew, I knew, and and again, th- th- this is all the credit to to Mr. Kazakov. Yeah, um, is he know, still alive? He is. I oh, just went. Shot. Just went What's his name? Off. Steve Kazakov. Steve Kazakov. Shout out. Yeah. Local- no, I just, yeah. just went and saw him uh, a few months ago. Uh, I went back and worked with his kids. Worked with his students. Now I went back to the high school and you know got to see him and got to talk to the kids and try and you know give them any good advice i might have uh although that's that's questionable but um yeah no, he he was you know he was he was very strict he was very disciplined he was extremely passionate he was very fair but he took it so seriously and there was um the fact that he took it so seriously I, looking back now, I realize made me think, oh, this is worth doing. You could spend your life doing this. Like you could work hard and do this thing that is a serious thing to do. And I'm so grateful that that was my first um, experience with it rather than some kind of like flimsy. Oh, we're just kind of yeah. here. Fun. And because then then I think that your brain sort of associates it with that. And yeah. for me, it's always been like to Kazakov's credit, like work ethic, this is important. You do it. And I'm grateful for that because I feel like, I feel like that's one of the things that helps you over time. Totally, man. And and when you were at Rutgers, was it imperative to you that you really focused on your training? Because I I know New York is just a stone's throw away and that calling to audition can, can hit a lot of actors or were you more concerned with like, I'm here to get an education? No, just there, just there to learn. I mean, the 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 program didn't really want you going out and auditioning and splitting your focus until right at the end, and that was fine with me. You know, we, yeah. We, oh, I mean, we had classes starting early in the morning, going into the night, and then you might be in a play, and then we had access to black box theaters. So, I mean, pretty much every night we would rehearse the whatever play we were in for the school until 11 and then at 11 we would go to the black box theaters and rehearse the plays that we wanted to do no way. <laughs> until two in the morning and then we had class the next day at 8 a.m it was like juilliard dude <laughs> seven and 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 it was the fun feeling of like yeah, we we're we're the we're the acting school in New Jersey. We're not NYU. We're not. Yeah, you. <laughs> like I grew up in Jersey, so it's extra. Like, yeah, that's where I went yeah. to school. But no, it was amazing. We and then we're 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 writing our own plays. We're directing our own shows. Like, it was a, it was a, it was an amazing time to like learn how to be an artist. Like, learn how to. If even if you can't do all the things, like really appreciate the fact that it's a team sport. Like you need the lighting, you need the sound, you need the script, you need the direction. You know, yeah. And that's amazing. So then, was there a showcase at the end built into Rutgers, or yeah, there yeah. was. Wow, even NYU doesn't have that. That's amazing. Really. Yeah. And so, were you able to get rep through that? I was. Yeah. Yeah. I wow. sure was. Yeah. Yeah. God. Feels like a different lifetime now, but yeah. yeah. And then cu- coming out, were you doing the the co star guest star circuit? Uh, no. Well, the first job I got was was guiding light, so I that was the first thing. That was my first job. Yeah. Wow. And how did it feel you to get that? Like, was that you know? I, I know it can be a blessing and a curse to kind of like 
have your looks because you're this leading man, but then you can get trapped in a lot of a lot of roles like that. Like, were you excited? You know, was it was it thrilling? Yeah, no, I was very excited. I was very excited. It was it was uh, again, it was an excellent opportunity to learn. You know, at Mason Gross, we were working on plays. We were doing theater and I loved that and I still love it. But we weren't working in front of a camera, you know, yeah. so all of a sudden you get this job on Guiding Light and for two and a half years, I'm getting paid money, which I've never had money before. And I'm getting to work as an actor, which is very fulfilling. And also, I'm learning how to be in front of a camera. Now, yeah. granted, the way they shoot soaps is different than the way they shoot everything I shoot now. But still, like to have a, a sense of how a set works and how the cameras are moving and how the lighting is working and, and to be able to repeat things and... Uh, you know, have your lines memorized and learn how to hit marks and like get all of that in your body. It was kind of this this wild opportunity to get paid to further my education. Yeah, it was almost like you went to film school. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, and I and I worked with some really awesome, awesome actors who I looked up to a lot, and they were also great people. And so I got to learn a lot. I was asking a lot of questions. Um, and I had some great people who sort of stepped up as mentors. And again, those early days are so formative because you're looking around, you know, the young actor, you're like, how should I behave? How are we going to do this? And, and in that regard, I think I've been very fortunate to have some great role models. Yeah. Good work ethics who treat people the right way. And that's the way you want to be, you know, but when you're young, you're sort of looking around trying to learn how to be. You were, you were really curious. Yeah. Well, yeah, you yeah. can't help but be curious. You know, it's, yeah. it's a new job. It's a whole new thing. You go from college to being on television and also you're the new person there. Also, you're, I was only 22. So there's the, the sort of the youth and the inexperience and, yeah, it was um, it was a really positive, nurturing environment for me. Wow, and and you did like almost like two hundred episodes, didn't you? Yeah, I don't remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember I go to my doctor's office. I'm like, there he is, there he is. <laughs> it's like the only time I watched them. No, no, no disrespect to subs, but yeah. um, that's awesome, man. And then when you're working in that kind of melodrama was that was that a was that a unique experience because i know that it can be a real balance on those sets to to lean into the drama but not to 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 go full you know retard if you will. <laughs> well it was um hmm, it was yeah i mean but it's also you have to know where you are like that 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 i feel like that's um that's such an important thing for actors to keep in mind is like every job is different. So when you get a job, it's like, what is the world of this? Yeah. And like, I remember literally having these conversations with myself in my head back then, but it was like, right. It's a, it's a soap opera. Yeah. It's an opera. It's oh. operatic. It is extremely heightened. It is not, normal life they're not trying to say it's normal life they're called an opera yeah <laughs> it is an opera without the singing and so if you want to if you're going to be in that style of storytelling then then 
then you can give over to that. You can give over to the writing supports that. The and so the acting needs to be in line with what the whole thing is. Like it is a soap opera. It is heightened. It is crazy emotional stakes. It is things happening that will never happen in a regular person's life. And you're doing your best to try and say, well, if they did, maybe it would be like this, but, but sure. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is bad acting is bad acting. There's yeah. bad acting on soaps. There's bad acting in movies. There's bad acting in plays. Um, yeah. Were you were you working with that that high school coach during this or did you know, I know soap operas sometimes they have onset coaches. Did you develop a rapport with anyone else or No, I never I've never um I've never had a I've never had a coach. Um but I've also been fortunate that I've worked with a lot of great people who are open to talking about things. You know, yeah. you can sort of work on scenes with the people that you're in the scenes with sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, selfishly, the part of the joy of all of this is to read things and think about them and break them down and, and have ideas and be creative. And I enjoy that process for myself. So I've never felt the need or the urge to have somebody else involved in that. Yeah, that makes total sense. And then while while you were shooting this, you get an Emmy. How did that feel? You know? Oh, it was so exciting. Yeah. It was so it was so so much fun. Um a lot of my friends and family came out. I got to take my mom as a date. Oh. Uh, my my brother was there with me, you know, as as my other date. Um it was very sweet. Uh it was exciting like everybody got to have a party and you know it was uh yeah that all, all at that time it was just it felt like a, a big big celebration it was pretty great yeah totally and you know alec baldwin was my teacher and he once told me you know work is work don't be snobbish about it and i didn't really know what he meant until recently as i've i've gotten older and i've been auditioning more when you're on a show like that do you feel a yearning to like go do a movie or go do a an episode of a television show, or were you happy just to be working? Well, I've always been happy to be working. Um, always been happy to be working. Um, well, I felt the wanted to do that play. Yeah. Sorry, wanted to do a play called "The Subject Was Roses" when I was on Guiding Light, and I had this long hair, but the subject is roses. The subject was roses. Is this Pulitzer? prize-winning play beautiful play set back in world war ii yeah and so they were like yeah come do the play with us and i had to go to my executive producer and be like would you work around the schedule to let me do the play and she was like absolutely i was like okay great second thing (laughs) i have to cut my hair (laughs) i gotta go peaky blinder style (laughs) i would need to cut my hair and she was like great we'll do it on the show and so they wrote in a scene where I cut my own hair off and the, uh, uh, because I wanted to go do the play. So, yeah, yeah, I had a desire to do something else. And I think that's quite natural. And also working on a play is a very different experience than working on something like a soap. And, yeah. you know, you're always wanting to stay sharp. You're always wanting to work out different muscles. And I was lucky because they were very supportive of me doing that that's amazing and 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 who what company did the play was that manhattan theater club 
No, it was uh, the Penguin Repertory, which is a small theater that's uh, up north of the city. It's run by a great man uh, called Joe Brancato. Okay. And that theater has been there now for, God, I mean, 35 years maybe now. Um, you know, it's just this great little barn. It's called the Barn Theater. And wow. you go there and you do plays, and so many great actors have been there over the years, and they, they, their season is during the summer. And, yeah, it's just, uh, just one of those New York magical little places that uh, gives actors some great opportunities to, to learn. That's amazing, man. And and so then as, you know, I know as the rise of streaming and, and, and companies like Netflix doing original content, it kind of sent the death knell to soaps. Is that, That's kind of true, right? Or yeah i yeah. think I think that that's probably true. I mean, of course, there was a time back in the day where the where there was thirteen t v stations yeah you know, and, and was, now there's like five thousand <laughs> <laughs> it's like Facebook's doing content, you know yeah. Skype's gonna do content soon, you know yeah. and and when you came off that, was there a period of a vacancy in work, or did you go into your next thing right away? no there was there was vacancy, and it was it was the first time I'd had a sort of a vacancy in, in work and a vacancy in structure, you know, cause you're going high school, college job. And so that was its own experience about learning not to take things personally and learning that it is a, it is a long journey and that there's not constant immediate gratification and learning. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, well, really it's getting your ass kicked a bit and, yeah. and realizing, Oh, I've been, everything has been sort of charmed so far and this is the other side of that and totally how, how how did you buoy yourself during this time what what kept you going what kept you sane because um, a lot of actors you know they're they're in that right now any any words of advice yeah i mean I, god I know. I'm sorry that's a loaded question no no i mean the thing that i i just don't want to say something that i don't mean cuz i i know that those times can be very difficult. So, yeah, I mean, I think the thing ultimately that keeps you going is because you love it, which is why they say to you in the beginning, if, if there's anything else you can do, yeah, go yeah. do it because it is going to be hard. It's also, it's also, you know, like as an actor, you are your instrument. You are your thing. Like there is no, there is no level of separation between you and the rejection you know, and that that can be extremely difficult, and it's very brave to keep saying yes when people keep telling you no. Um, there's nothing; it's it feels like you. Yeah. And so you have to cultivate, and and this took me years because I was not good at it for a long time. But you sort of start to understand that it's not personal, and then it becomes more about you working and working on things and process and things you can control and then worrying less about results, jobs, offers, blah, 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 because you never can control that. And you also don't know why sometimes things work and also why sometimes things don't work. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of the pain when you're younger is feeling like if I was just good enough, I could control all of this. And it's like, no, you can't. Yeah. (laughs) Being totally powerless, you know, it's, it takes a lot. To, yeah. You know, uh, I'm sober, so I get it, man. You know, and I'm curious then when, when you were out, you know, 
you were probably auditioning during this time. Did you feel like there was a whole period of like you had to get to the, the film and TV casting directors, get to know you? Or do you feel like they knew you because of the soaps? Yeah, no, you have to get these people to know you. You have to you have to slowly over time have them stop thinking about you as the person from the soap. You know, yeah. all things are quite natural. Um, but then, you know, every now and then you get to meet an Alexa Fogel, which is yeah, the so best back then. And yeah, and she's so talented and so, so sharp and she works on all the coolest stuff. And yeah, you know, I remember the first time I auditioned for her. Um, I didn't get the job, but do you remember what it was for? Yeah, it was for Generation Kill. Oh, nice. Mark yeah. Menchaca is my homie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's one of my, he's my dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, do, doing that audition and then my agents called and they were like, hey, she really liked you. It's like, wow. You know, so like that meant a lot. Not, yeah. it's not always going to be a job. Sometimes it's just somebody you admire went out of their way to say like, hey, you're, you're doing the right thing. Not this job, but keep it up and that's the thing is like it's a marathon not yeah. a sprint you know and that's that's i think i think part of the mentality you have to have to to keep going is like it's hard it is hard yeah you know? and then were you ever doing like one-on-one or actors connection or did you no because i just i i was i was fortunate enough that i had you know auditions coming to meet these people yeah to meet these people i had agents you know um so yeah no but but yeah everybody's journey is different you know no totally man and 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 then as you got these co-star and guest star credits was was that a difficult transition for me going from like soap to that kind of melodrama to leaning into a different style of television you know because every Every network has kind of a different, you know, what's on NBC isn't going to be play the same thing that's on Netflix, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, each again, each show has its own its own world. And then you have to understand what are the rules of that world? Like what are what is the way to give over to being on Law and Order SVU versus how 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 are you behaving if you're I've never been on it, but like. Um, I don't know, one of the comedy TV shows, you know, like all of these things are slightly different and you still do you and you know how you do your work, but you're cognizant of where you are. Yeah, that's amazing, man. And then, you know, B- Banshee, obviously throwing it back, it came back your way. Alexa, did, did she call you for that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in an audition for her and, and Greg Yatanis and Jonathan Tropper. Um, and got that job, and that was so exciting, man. I mean, that, that show was so much fun. Oh man, it was, know, such it was a like fun a, it was like this. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, love it. Was that like, show. A, like it's like a graphic novel TV show. Oh, for sure. And that, and, yeah. and what, what a substantive character, you know? You have this kind of reformed neo-Nazi. Sorry, spoiler. Um, who, who's trying to make amends and deal with you know the brother who's still in the warfare of, of that kind of ideological you know, possession. And what was it like kind of living in that? You know, was that your first kind of reoccurring role on a show or did you have? No, it was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was amazing. It was so much fun. That cast was, uh, we just always hung out. It was very friendly cast. It was exciting. The role was really cool. 
um, just, I mean, for, for Bunker, just working out a lot. Yeah, you were amazing <laughs> on that show, man. Some, some muscles. Um, and probably yeah. what, five hours of makeup every day. <laughs> yeah, well, those yeah. tattoos took a while, for sure. For yeah. sure. That was, yeah, that was that was weird. That was a weird part of that job, putting on those tattoos. <laughs> I'm Whoa. sure. Couldn't go to the deli with that. No, yeah. no. Um, yeah. That's really beautiful, man. And and so that was a great time in your life then, getting that kind of going from soap to, to proper television to a, to a big network. Yeah, no, it was great. It was a great experience. Again, just like great character. I got great scenes to do. Felt like I was around really good people. Um, yeah. And do you feel like that really opened a lot of doors for you then, like being on that, like that – maybe phone calls started happening versus the audition thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it all, it all, it all helps. It's all part of the journey, but sometimes it's not linear. Yeah. I think sometimes it's not as linear as it looks on paper. You know, I think. Yeah. Or IMDb. <laughs> or IMDb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's easy to look at it and be like, oh, well, yeah. did that and then did that. So that yeah. led to that. And, you know, sometimes it feels like something leads to something else. Sometimes it feels like you finish one thing and you almost feel like you're starting over or starting new in a different place. Then sometimes this thing happens and it doesn't lead to anything. But then this thing leads to something else much later. You know, you never know who's watching or when or, um, you know, to 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 encompass all of this. I remember seeing an interview with Philip Seymour Hoffman and I thought he said it so beautifully. I forget where he was, but he was saying that your job as the actor is just to do your best work. You know, that you don't decide if it means a job. You don't decide what it means. You have no idea what it could mean. So like your only focus is that every time you get the opportunity to audition or do anything that you do your best work He's like, you think about it, you go to an audition, those people paid to rent that room for you to act. Yeah. You know, and it's a really cool way. I mean, God, and you don't think about it from that perspective. Most people don't. Yeah. Right. And that's Philip Seymour Hoffman saying, and it's worth listening to obviously. And it's good advice. And it's like, that's right. Like, your job is not to think you need to control where it goes or not that you need to know. And your job isn't that you need everybody to pat you on the back or give you every job. Your job is just, I have my head down. I'm going to work as hard as I can to do my best work. Yeah. You just don't know where that leads. That's amazing. And, and something I've talked about with like Glenn Fleshler, Shea Wiggum, Morgan Spector, when they're on the show is like the difference between good acting and great acting is in good acting. You know, I'm not going to name them, but there's actors that can make a living just playing a personality and they, they play that for 50 years. But great actors, no, no other actor in the world could play that the way you did. And that's why you're one of the best, man. Like everything I've seen you in, there's a, there's a stillness to it. And there's like this magnetic force behind your eyes and you're you're one of the best in the world man I'm, I'm so excited for all that's about to come from your way i mean you're just getting started man but i feel like it, it's it's been such an honor you know because I, I discovered you 10 years ago watching you blossom and and where you are now it's 
it's like watching justice prevail, you know? Oh, and, oh wow. Right? That means a lot to me. Thank you. Well, oh, no, man. It, it's inspiring for actors like me and other ones. But I'm curious, you know, I, I've only known you for 30 minutes now. But you seem you, – I've talked to so many actors and obviously everyone on the show has been great. But you seem so grounded. Like a lot of actors could have come out of Rutgers, got that job and been like, yeah, I'm the motherfucking winner. You know what I mean? I'm the, I'm the guy. How did you not get caught up in the ego, you know, celebrity bullshit? Like, how, how did you stay grounded? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sure I did at times. You know what I mean? Like, it's all it's all a journey. But there is there is the gift of being humbled. Yeah. You know, it is it is a it is a gift to fall on your damn face. It is. It is a gift to not be able to get a job, yeah, and to understand that there is that the, there is no fair. You don't deserve anything. It's it doesn't work like that. It's like if you need the outside validation to make your life feel like it's working, you're thinking wrong. Yeah, and and so the gift of just falling on your face and feeling humbled and feeling maybe humiliated at times and feeling like you don't know what's happening. And then to turn that energy inward and say like, what can I control here? Yeah. Like, this is going to be my life. I don't want it to feel like a roller coaster because it's stupid work. Yeah. I, want totally. to, I love work. I love acting. That's why I'm doing it. Like, yeah. I turn it into a, a torturous thing. This is like, this is like <laughs> if you want to bang my head against the wall, yeah. this is the thing I love doing. What is it? Talk to me about it. <laughs> it become. Yeah. You know, and that, and that's the thing. And so, yeah, the gift of like, of failure and the gift of, like I said, knowing a little bit of success and then, and then knowing, knowing, feeling like you're not good enough and feeling like you can't make money and all those things. It, it really makes you reevaluate how you're seeing everything. And so, so yeah, now I feel very grateful. I mean, yeah. these jobs are incredible. Like a job like Ozark is, is an excellent opportunity in every dimension of excellent opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a team sport. There's so much that goes into it that you can't control. Just like you can't control whether you get a job or not. There's yeah. so much about what makes a job good that has nothing to do with me. Totally. The writing on, on Ozark is beautiful, incredible. Yeah. I loved it as a fan of the show, but reading the scripts for season three, I'm like, this writer's room and Chris Mundy, this, they're incredible. This writing is so beautiful, so accurate, so moving, so funny. Yeah. And then you're playing your scenes with Laura Linney. And yeah, Jason Bateman, Bateman, Julia Garner. Yeah. Janet McTeer. Yeah. It's like every day you go to work, it's like, uh, who do you want to be impressed with? <laughs> and it's like, you know, as an actor, you are better. You are a better actor when you are in a scene with a good actor. Like, they make you better. Unless you're totally hopeless, like, they make you better. And so... So yeah, there's so many things that go into the into the soup, and I I, I don't know if that, if that's the answer to the question you're asking. Oh, no, yes, yeah. it's an awareness of so many things happening, and it's it's taking the time over the years to understand what I can control versus what I can't, 
and trying to, to to cultivate a sense of inner peace with that, you know. But before we jump into Ozark, I'm I'm curious because I ask every actor or artist on the show, you know, for musicians it, it's tone, you know, for actors it's voice. When do you feel like you found your voice as an actor? Is it something you still feel like you're finding? Do you feel like you kind of found that at Rutgers? Or was that just through years of, of working? You know, I, I know it's never done, but when do you feel like you kind of started, you know, because you, you make such a distinct stamp on all your characters and you have such a beautiful voice. You really do. So I'm, I'm genuinely curious, you know, how did that how did that cultivate? Yeah, that's a good question. It's definitely a culmination. I don't, I don't yeah. think there is a moment and I still feel like there's something <laughs> I want to get better at. Yeah. <laughs> like Me too, dude. <laughs> you totally get better at that. Um, but I, ha- I have a great teacher. She's a, a dear friend. She's the one, uh, an actress that I was in that play, Subject of the Roses, with. And over the years, I've taken her studio class in the city sometimes to can, get Can a- you name her? Is that yeah, okay? Her yeah. Breath ball. Yes. Deborah, what? Deborah what? What was the last name? Yeah, Deborah Headwall. Headwall. Um, okay, sorry. And she's an amazing. Oh no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, man. And yeah, she's an amazing lady, and she would always say, "Your job as the actor is to go enrich yourself, open your heart more, expand your mind, read things, learn things, appreciate beauty better, go to museums, cultivate." learn what you care about and then do those things like your job is to become a more complete human being if your job as the actor is to be able to interpret what human beings are doing then you better be taking care of yourself as a human being and feeding it and growing it and you can never play something that's bigger than you yeah because you don't know what that is so you want to make yourself as big as possible and then so that you can come in and so that the idea being that you every you have everything inside of you. Yeah, you could do anything is if you can be honest and identify it, and you know. So that's that's a really beautiful way I think of thinking about our work, which takes it out of this like nitty gritty success or not, just shallow crap that's so depressing. Like it's just a depressing way to think or to live, and makes it kind of magical. It's like. Well, if I can expand this part of myself as a human being, like how much could I then bring into my work? And if I learn about this thing in my work, could that make me a better person? And, yeah. you know, it's bigger interplay. The whole all the ideas are 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 more kind of spiritual or or, or more um, they're just bigger ideas rather than the small ideas that always make us feel like crap, I think. Yeah, totally, man. I, I, I completely identify. And then I know you did Iron Fist, but because of time, let's, uh, you know, I'm, was that fun? I guess for the Marvel fans, was that a good job? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. It was a blast. I had so much fun with uh, with Jess Straup and Jess Hennick and Finn. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Ward was such a great character. <laughs> yeah, I, man. <laughs> Is that cool, being in the Marvel Universe, being a part of that, was that fun? That, that yeah, that was fun. But like in particular, I just really enjoyed playing Ward. I thought he was so wonderful, and he made me laugh. And he was he was such a an asshole in a way that I <laughs> that I usually am not. So it was fun to sort of lean into that and totally and play 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's dig in it. So how how did the Ozark thing happen? Did you? Because I know a lot of these bigger projects sometimes they go under fake names, and you get an audition, you don't know what you're going in for. Did you know, or did, did you not yeah. know? No, I did know, and it was Alexa casting it. You know, Alexa, yeah. Ozark. the best. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, she is, and uh, and she called me in to read for this role, and I I had there was like two scenes, and they were um, like probably scenes from like the first episode, and um, it was just that you would be playing Laura Linney's brother, so you didn't really know much, and. Yeah. This I th- again, I thought the writing was so beautiful. It just made sense. Like sometimes with writing, you just can't wait to get to say it out loud. Yeah, the way I felt and went in with Alexa and we made a tape. And I suppose she sent it to Chris and Jason. And a few weeks later, they called and said they wanted me to come join the show. Amazing, man. Yeah. Yeah. And and. How soon, once you got down there, did you know about the arc? Like, were you aware of the mental component of Ben? Or did that not come until you got there? No, the the specifics of it didn't come until I got down there. And Chris Mundy, the showrunner, called me and told me the season and told me the details and was very generous with the information. And it was so useful. And then I could sort of go and do some research on my own. Because, of course, at that point, all the scripts aren't even written. Yeah. the story, but not the actual script. So it was useful to have that information from Chris and get to go work and do research. And yeah, yeah and, and and let alone a, a character being bipolar, you know, Tom, that's that's not an easy thing to, to tackle. So how did, when you got that kind of seismic information, what what was your process like? Did you did you have like a friend who's a psychiatrist? Like what like tactically, how did you approach achieving that? Yeah, well, I I went on the internet, I looked around, I looked at books, I looked at reviews, I looked at articles, and then I settled on, not settled on, but I found a book uh, called An Unquiet Mind, and um, it was written by a woman who was bipolar, is bipolar, and but she's also um, a doctor who's studying mental health, so... She's telling you the story of her own experience of the onset of bipolar, how it affected her work, how it affected her friendships, her intimate relationships, her family. Um, And it's very intimate and um, kind of heartbreaking at times. But it's also very positive because she talks about how her friends helped her realize what was going on. And she got on lithium and she started to get control of her life back. And again, so it's like the journal aspect of the woman's journey, but it's also that 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 same woman is a doctor who understands everything that's happening. So the book was so useful because you're simultaneously getting the sort of human experience of what that may be like. And it's different for every person, just like anything is. Yeah. You're getting a human experience about what that's like. And you're getting the the medical inf- the the objective sort of clinical observation and information as it applies to all the things, which was a an invaluable tool when it came to like, okay, if that's if those things are all true, um, then how can I apply this to the script to make sure I'm I'm you know doing as good a job as I as I can? Yeah, I mean, man, I, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass when I say it might be the best performance i've seen in in television in in 10 years you know what i mean it it was 
I mean, friends of mine who aren't even actors were texting me being like, hey, do you know this guy like on the season of Ozark? Like, that was the best thing I'd ever seen. Like, I was like, dude, I know. That, that's my dude, man. I've been watching that guy forever. I don't even know you. And I was just like, yes, that's my guy. Like, incredible, dude. Like, holy shit, man. I mean, how, how did literally having a character that's two polars, you know, how do you how do you find that that balance without going too far to the other? Because, you know, a lot of actors, I'll just be honest, they could overdo it. And you didn't. You found the nuances of both and made it so grounded. Like, I think my favorite scene in that season is where you're talking to the cab driver. Like, I love that scene. Like, what an episode opening. Yeah. Well, again, that there, it's it's. So much of that, in my opinion, is the writing. Yeah. You no, know, because the writing is, 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 God, I mean, the writing is the notes. The writing is the composition. The writing is, you sit down at that piano, yeah, maybe you're playing the keys, but the writing is the music. Like, it's, it's the writing. Yeah. <laughs> no, what else to say? Like, to me, the writing is, so important and it always is and i am such a huge fan of good writing and it makes all the difference as an actor when there's just beautiful skilled writing by talented writers it's a joy to do it makes you better it helps you make better decisions it's more clear and i thought all of the writing on ozark was excellent and and i i truly just felt like if I showed up prepared and basically made sure I stayed out of the way, yeah. <laughs> you would be okay. Yeah. You know, I actually had that conversation with, with Jason Bateman early in the, in the season. And, you know, we sat down at some point, he's like, you know, you're, you're doing really good. How is it going for you? And I said to him, I just think the writing's so beautiful. I don't, I just don't want to mess it up. Like I, there's nothing to add. I just yeah. want to like, let the writing come through me. And he said, yeah, I think that that's the right way to think about it, you know. Um, and it's true. It's like when you have good writing, it is a real gift. And then you want to be in service of it, not trying to, like, commandeer, yeah. you know. Yeah, man. It was my favorite performance since since March in season one as Russ. And and what what was it like when you when you got in there to, like, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, any actor who gets a job is lucky, but an actor who gets a job with two of the biggest actors, three, four or five of them. And, you know, Sophia, Julia, Laura, Jason, was it overwhelming or, you know, you kind of come in there just quietly or do you, do you guys have a table read and that's where the rapport is built? Yeah. I mean, I always, I always come in with a feeling of respect when you come into anyone else's show. I mean, you know, if there's a show that's on, that's still on TV, then that means a lot of people put in a lot of work. And I have a lot of respect for that. And then you add to that that it's Ozark and it's a successful show that people love. And I always feel like you're being invited into someone's home, you know, yeah. so show up respectful and prepared and wanting to understand what you can add rather than what you can take. And, um, that being said, I got there, and all of these human beings are just so lovely. Yeah, I was looking at your Instagram. It looked like you had the best time in the world. <laughs> they're, just cool. they're just so nice and friendly. Like, Julia reached out to me and made me feel welcome. Laura, I, the first day I met her, gave me a hug, and we were talking, and I'm like, this is Laura Linney, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm, this is Laura Linney. Like, I've been a fan of 
Laura Linney forever, and she's so amazing. And she she was just it just put it aside so quickly because of her warmth and her connecting with me as a human being. And Jason was the same way, just so, so funny and and easy and and kind and. It just immediately puts you at ease, you know, and then you're like, okay, this is safe. I'm safe. I feel very welcome. And so I can try and do the best, best job I can do. And and that's a credit to, to, to all of them. It's not every job is like that, you know? Yeah, I know. I know it's not. And, and I think that's why it was so hard for the audience, you know, to say goodbye to Ben, you know, like. I think in episode 10, we were all hoping that, you know, he would be in Knoxville and there would be a scene. And we'd be like, oh, thank God. But, man, you know, I, I know sometimes the writing dictates that characters have to go certain ways. And it was really hard, man, for, you know, as a viewer to let go. Was that hard as a performer to let go of Ben? No, I, I, I was – I mean, I thought it was so beautifully written that when I read it, I was I was moved. But It must have been cool being with Laura Linney for like five days in a car. <laughs> <laughs> I get to say beautiful writing with Laura Linney and, and have Alex Sakharov direct and, and everybody else there. It's yeah, it's it's there, there are moments when all of all of it is is very worth it. It's always worth it. But there are moments that are really special that, yeah, you, you cherish those. Uh, but yeah, sorry. What, what were we saying? I <laughs> I, we're just getting giddy, bro. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's awesome, man. And so that that was a that you guys did that over the summer. It looked like it was summertime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They filmed down in in Georgia, and I guess we filmed like May to October. Got it. Yeah, Got it. yeah, yeah. That must cool, man. It looked it looked awesome. And and then you got David Fincher's project coming up, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're going from the best in the world to the best in the world, man. You're you're going to take over, man. I'm so glad I got you before I had to go through 22 channels of CAA. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no CAA. I'm very <laughs> soon enough, man. You're going to have an Oscar and a Globe and an Emmy. I can feel it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yes, that was that was obviously a, a dream come true. That's one of the masters of filmmaking. That's a an actual, in my opinion, genius. And, uh, and he was very funny and intelligent and passionate and just like a wonderful human being to meet. I got to work with Gary Oldman, which is my childhood sort of acting heroes, you know? Um, so yeah, this, this, you know, it's it's just a very good year. (laughs) Dude, it's, it's, it's going back to what I said earlier, man. It's, it's justice prevailing, man. It's, you're humbled and you're you're un out of this world talented man and I'm I'm just like I'm so impressed and I'm so I'm just so grateful for watching you as a performer because like you know the best artists steal man I'm just stealing everything from you that's what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, thank you. You've been you've been so kind about all this that I really appreciate. Oh no man, I mean every word of it man. I, I, I I'm so excited for you. Do you um I don't know if you can talk but. What can you have any clues about what's next other than the the Fincher project or? Yeah, don't know, don't know. Obviously, for obvious reasons, things are all uh, things are all on pause right now. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you doing okay during this time? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good. I'm isolating. I'm uh, I'm grateful that I can isolate and not worry about too much. My family's healthy. Uh, the folks I know who 
are a bit older, I check in on them and they're doing good. So thank God everybody's healthy and, and safe right now that I know. I know a lot of people aren't. Uh, it's heartbreaking what's happening in, in New York City right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm here, man. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. surreal and, and it's just breaks my heart and, you know, just trying to find relief organizations to donate to, trying to reach out to all the people that you do know. I feel like if everybody was reaching out and helping the people that they know, then everybody will be mostly taken care of. And then there's some really good organizations that help the people that maybe don't have someone to reach out to them. So yeah, it's, it's a time for gratitude and it's a time for community, you know, the yeah. thing. And, and are, are you still a New Yorker or are you on yeah. the West? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So right now that that's, that's, I mean, would you do theater again if it came your way? Of course. Yeah. All throughout have gotten to do plays and theater. It's been a few years now, but yeah, I love, I love theater. I love yeah. it. I'd love to see you on stage, man. I'm, I'm gonna be there. Foghorn in the air. <laughs> Once well, we can go again. Yeah, yeah, hopefully we can find a find a good play and, and make that work. But yes, I love I love being on stage. But well, uh Well, final two questions, my brother. Um, you know, first I gotta ask, you know, what's inspiring you? You know, I know right now it's it's pretty bleak times for everyone. Is there you know, it can be a piece of music, a, a book, a film. You know, what's keeping you inspired? Yeah, there's um, <clears throat> God, I'm always reading. Sorry, I know, I know that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always reading things simultaneously. Um, God, what is inspiring me? I mean, I mean, honestly, some of the things that have been most inspirational to me lately have been watching governor cuomo talk you know it's it's i just think it's uh i think it's i think it's really impressive to see that kind of leadership in a time of crisis and i know this is hard and we don't know where it's going or don't have all the information yet but yeah to see someone step up and lead with authority and with grace and with compassion and strength uh is really beautiful i mean that that's something that's kind of resonated with me in in these uncertain times and knowing how much fear people have to see someone step up and lead like that is uh very beautiful yeah i completely agree man beautiful answer and um final one you know for for the actors that are out there that that are just like a young tom coming out of Rutgers, wide-eyed you know maybe moving to la or moving to new york and have no idea how to navigate this thing, how to, you know, do whatever. Any, any advice to them? Words of wisdom? I think the only advice I could give that's useful across all spectrums is, and it's a cliche, but I guess it's a cliche. No, reason. it's okay. Just be true to yourself. Just understand yourself and honor that and make that your work make that your mission and it's a lifelong mission but make it your job to understand yourself and then to take care of yourself to nurture yourself and to express yourself as you you know don't compare yourself to other people the way you're going to do it is going to look differently than somebody yeah. else 
somebody else might be having success sooner than you doesn't mean that they're better. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. It might just mean that your career is going to be a different thing later. You know, like everybody is on such an individual journey. And I know for myself that when I've tried to compare or act as if comparison is even useful in the past, for me, it's caused so much pain. I think it causes a lot of people pain when they do it. And on top of the fact that it causes pain, I believe it is literally bad information. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't actually mean anything. And yet we torture ourselves. Totally. It's just building up resentments and torture. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's it's acting as if all things are equal and they aren't. You are your own individual being, just like the other person is their own individual being. You've come from a different place and you're on a different journey than they are. And to try and compare, it's just so messy and so futile. And all it does is, I think, cause pain. And so, so yeah, so my advice would just be like, you do you. Like you worry about yourself and you learn about yourself and you honor yourself and you represent yourself as you. And that's okay. Like people will catch on to that and gravitate towards that and, and respond to that better than anything else you could do in trying to please or trying to be like that one or blah, 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 blah. It's like, ah. Oh, man. It's beautiful, man. Well, dude, this was one of my favorite interviews, man. And, and I'm so grateful for you taking the time during these crazy times to, to come do this with me. And it means so much. And let's do it again in studio when this is all over on the Fincher Project, brother. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much, brother. I hope you're doing well. And I really appreciate you having me on. Tom Pelfrey, thank you so much, man. It's an honor to watch you get to to shoot out to the to Jupiter, bro. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.